Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, April 1st. All the U.S. equity futures indices are trading higher, led by the NASDAQ, which is up 123 points. That's about 94 basis points, so continued outperformance in tech. S&P futures are up 14 points. That's about 37 basis points. And the Dow futures are up just about 39 points. That's about 12 basis points. The major European indices are trading up about 40 to 50 basis points overall. You aren't seeing anything in Europe suffering dramatic underperformance, um, with the exception of autos, which are seeing some profit-taking. Tech is the top sector in Europe, along with real estate and retail. And Asia finished higher across the board. So a couple of moving pieces um, to note this morning. We're getting the manufacturing PMIs out of Asia and Europe. They were generally healthy. So um, obviously an encouraging data point that you are seeing kind of the global economy continue to recover from the pandemic downturn. Um, you know, we already got the flash numbers out of Europe. So the final figures aren't as important, but we are getting the first look um, from most of the Asian countries. Um, and and the general, and generally the numbers are, are healthy. Um, as far as COVID is concerned, you know, you have this huge discrepancy in U.S. and European news flow. So in the U.S., all of the indications remain bullish. You are seeing um, transmissions tick higher, but the market is very much focused on vaccines. And that is where the U.S. is vastly outperforming the rest of the world. So the pace of vaccinations continue to increase. Um, eligibility is expanding in, in um, across the country in various different states. And increasingly, the U.S. will be on is on track to achieve herd immunity by the beginning of May. You're starting to see a lot of major companies make announcements about um, their plans for bringing workers back to the office. Two big ones out yesterday were Amazon and Google, um, both talking about how they plan on bringing all workers back pretty much to the office. They're really not embracing a hybrid structure um, beyond the pandemic. So. As far as um, you know, indications of returning to a state of normalcy, positive for office demand, et cetera, um, the Amazon and Google announcements certainly were encouraging yesterday. With regards to the Biden infrastructure speech, so the speech itself that happened after the close is a non-event. We already knew all the details throughout the session um, that were out Wednesday morning. So the speech itself, not a big deal. This is just the beginning of a very long and arduous process um, as Democrats in Congress tried to pass um, you know, one or more bills. Remember, Biden is kind of pitching this as a, as a two-part program, this Build Back Better. I write in the piece this morning, and I sent it around yesterday, about you know, I think the big focus should be on what can pass Congress, not what Biden wants to pass. Um, and so I look at kind of how some of the tax and spending proposals could shape up. You know, I don't think Democrats are going to walk away from this without any type of tax increase. Um, I doubt you're going to see the corporate rate go up to 28%. Um, but 24, 25% is certainly plausible. Um, and you certainly could see the upper, the individual rate for the, um, the highest income brackets move up as well. But you also are probably going to see um, full reinstatement of the full um, SALT deduction too. So that may be a wash on the individual front. So 
Um, you know, very much, it's very important to to watch what's happening in Congress, not what the White House is proposing. Um, you know, Biden wants to see this pass by the summer. Um, that's certainly an aggressive um, timeline, but it's it's not implausible. Um, but I write a lot more as far as, again, what's, what's likely to come out of Congress. Um, on the company-specific front, a few items are, are notable. Taiwan Semi came out and committed to $100 billion in capital spending over the next um, three years, which obviously works out to about $33 billion a year, a massive figure. Um, that is one of the big reasons why you're seeing semi stocks trade so well. In addition to Micron's earnings, which were solid and the guidance was also bullish, um, there's also a report that Micron and Western Digital are considering separate bids for the old Toshiba memory business worth about $30 billion. Um, I personally think that deal would be extraordinarily difficult to get approved in the present environment, um, where the US-China Cold War is really kind of being fought along the lines of technology and semiconductor capabilities, et cetera. So um, I would have a hard time uh, seeing that deal get approved in China. I'm sure the US would not mind it occurring given that um, it would bolster both of those, one of the one of those two companies, both of which are um, you know US-based. Uh, on the autos front, so Ford came out and talked about how they're going to be reducing production further because of ongoing semi-shortages. They said they will give an update on the impact to full year earnings from the semi-shortage when they report Q1 earnings, suggesting that they may actually need to um, you know, increase the earnings hit from this issue. Um, GM made a comment yesterday, talked about how they had a really solid Q1 and they're confident in their in their full year earnings guidance. But obviously, the semi-shortage remains a huge overhang on not just the auto industry, but a variety of other end markets as well. Um, a couple of other earnings that were out last night. I have everything in the piece this morning. Um, and that is essentially it for today. Um, just on the calendar quickly, you have a couple of economic figures in the US, including the weekly claims and the manufacturing ISM. We're going to get the OPEC decision coming out in a couple of hours. Um, all indications are you're going to see the production cuts get rolled over, so no change to output. Um, although you may see a mild bump up in production of about half a million barrels a day. Um, nothing too important on the earnings front except for CarMax earnings out before the open. Obviously, you have coming up tomorrow, the jobs report in the US. Uh, markets are closed tomorrow, but you're still, you still will get the jobs report at 8.30. It's forecast to be a blowout. So the street consensus is around 650,000. Whispers are even higher than that. Um, you know, I wrote yesterday and I have in the piece again today that, um, you know, I think that the narrative from the Fed about how they insist that there's no need to even consider tightening policy at this point in time, I think it's increasingly stale. I think you are going to see some Fed officials start to break rank and talk about how tapering this year is likely, just given how the economy is shaping up, just given how the, the pandemic is coming to an end, um, and then just given how Biden you know, is proposing trillions of additional fiscal stimulus. All of that, I think, will again cause the Fed to start to evolve its rhetoric around asset purchases and tapering. Um, and you could start to see that process um, commence next week, um, especially if you see a blowout jobs report tomorrow. Uh, so that is everything for today. Um, a, lot of, a lot of other items to note. Everything is in the piece today. Um, but that is; those are all the highlights. So thank you, everyone, for listening.